Hello and welcome to Sunday Messages with Fairmount Friends Church. We're so glad that you are joining us. You can find out more on www.fairmountfriendschurch.org. Here's Pastor Brock Meyer. And I'll just go home. Man, at least at church, right? That was great. Alex, good stuff. Greg, thank you. Man, that was wonderful. All right. As the temperatures get a little cooler, I want to direct people's attention to our website, our Facebook. Um, We'll send out emails. We'll also uh, try to get it onto the um, TV and radio stations as far as if we cancel um, a church service if the weather's too bad. I um, was wondering what this weather was going to be like this weekend, and, uh, but there's a lot of avenues to, ca- to get the information. So just make sure you're looking at our, our Facebook, our website, um, and we'll try to also get it on the news channels as well. All right, let's, uh, let's dive in here. We're going to do a, uh, a three-part series on stewardship, and as we look into our next year coming into this next year, and really we've got an entire decade ahead of us. How do I want to set myself up to make sure I get the most out of this year? And the three topics that we're going to cover is our time, talents, and treasure. And so we're going to talk this morning about time. Next week is how do we steward the talents and the skill sets, the interests and passions, that how do we direct these, uh, these talents that the Lord has given us to make sure we steward them well. Uh, we'll be next week, and the following week will be treasure. Um, whenever it comes to our monies, our finances, um, what we spend on, what we invest into, what do we hold valuable at all in life, the, the values of life. So we're going to steward these things. And so this morning, we're going to talk about stewardship of our time. The word steward simply means one who takes care of something that does not belong to them. I take care of something that is not mine. And so this life, we believe, if we've come to Christ and we've surrendered our hearts to the Lord, this life is not our own. We've given it unto the Lord. And one day I'm going to give it back. I got to be accountable for what I've done for my time here on the planet. I'm only a steward. And then one day I'm going to return this back to the Lord. So what do I do with this time that he has given to me? As a kid, a lot of my childhood was, was consumed with basketball. I loved sports in general, but basketball was one of my favorite sports. And so I would play in the backyard behind our, behind our house. And uh, it started out usually in my mind that I was playing for Madison Grant. And it happened to always be in the last 10 seconds of the game. It was unbelievable. And we were always down by two. And for some reason, I would hit a clutch three-pointer and the crowd would go wild. The stands were always packed in our backyard. And I would just run around. I would go crazy. The dogs are chasing me, wondering, like, what is going on? And, uh, and it was just wild, which then led me to a stellar career at IU. And whenever I was at IU... I uh, wore the candy cane stripes. It was awesome. Assembly Hall was just always bonkers. They were just screaming all the time. Um, but there I hit multiple um, 
buzzer beater shots. And uh, we were like on the brink, we were like a bubble team on the brink of making the tournament. And I hit a shot to send us to the tournament. We won the conference to, to get an, an at-large bid. And whenever we did that, we ended up going to the tournament and we were always the underdog. And But gosh, we made it to the final four. I hit a couple more last second shots. Um, I lowered the goal down to about eight feet. I was dunking on everybody. It was, it was awesome. Um, and which then eventually, and many of you don't know this, led to a career with the Indiana Pacers. And so I played for the hometown Pacers. Um, we won so many championships. It's, I can't even tell you how many. Um, many times we won multiple championships in the same week. Um, we would just win them every night back to back. Um, it was really amazing. Um, but one of the things that I always loved, and I started kind of getting an awareness of time, is whenever the sun would begin to set on the evening. And what I would do is I'd be in our backyard, and, and, uh, and one of, I think, the, the best gifts that my dad gave me, only because this is where my interests and passions were, was he changed our backyard driveway from gravel to concrete. And this was an investment to put a slab of concrete down. And we had a little basketball hoop about seven feet or maybe six feet tall inside of our, inside of the garage, which then we got a used pole that we were able to drill this thing into and we sunk it into the backyard. I think it had some concrete in it, but not a lot because it's kind of angling a little bit. And then on the opposite side, so it was full court, full court, all probably 20 yards of it, full court. On the other side was a basketball hoop that had the eraser and, and adjustable, right? And so I was able to have kind of this full court experience. And so whenever the, the sun is setting, what I would do is I would grab my ball every time. And I was always kind of paying attention. I'm always kind of looking as the sun's coming down. And I would run out to the road, 600 west. Right, Denny? Where legends are raised. 600, right, Dan? Vicky? Um, and so we're out there, and there was a little power box with a wood farm post right next to each other. And I would step up on, on one of them, and I had my ball in my hand, and I would climb up on the other one. And I would stand. I hope I didn't offend anybody that I just stood on our stage right there. Don't freak out. It's a piece of wood. It's all good. Um, but I would stand up, and I would hold the ball underneath my arm so I could see the sunset over the tops of the cornfields. And that yellow dot would get smaller and farther, and it would slowly get swallowed up by the rest of the orange sky that would envelop it, and it was done. And then I would hop down, and I would run back to the backyard, and I knew I only had this much time left before the sun and the moon would just trade places on the stage of my evening. And the sprays of the pinks and the purples of the rest of the sky became the audience. They were the, they were the, the ones that were watching and peering in to my little junior high life, right, watching this. And I knew that the time was getting short, that I got to get to it. If I'm going to get this many shots up, I've got to dribble this many times. I got a lot of championships still to win tonight. And the time started putting pressure on my activity. And I knew I've got to get to it. How many of y'all know that as time continues to go, and you realize that I just don't have as much time whenever I was seven, when I was 17, now we're looking at, it's a new decade, 
I don't mean to, for this to sound morbid or weird, just the reality is, is some people, this will be their last decade. This is it. Time is running out. The sun is setting over the cornfield, and the, and the sky is transitioning. The things around life are moving, and they're different, right? And they're still beautiful and glorious. That sunset was absolutely beautiful, but it's different. And whenever the sun would set and I couldn't see the basketball hoop anymore, I knew it was over. How now shall we live if we know this thing is coming to an end at some point? And none of us are promised to tomorrow. We've been given today. And what's the urgency, therefore, that we ought to live as we get after this life? In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, it says it's required of stewards that they would be trustworthy. God is putting trust into us that we would steward this thing well. And he's handed these lives over to us that while the, while the getting is good, we've got to start getting, right? And I've entrusted this life to you. And for some people, they've got a driver. Maybe they've got inspirational people around them that are provoking the best out of them. And perhaps for others, there's just not the same driver or maybe they've just kind of been dinged over the course of time to where the get up and go has got up and went and I just don't have the passion for it anymore. And God's saying, I still, I'm trusting you as a steward. Finish strong and finish this race well. And perhaps for some of you, you're at the beginning of the race. Maybe you're somewhere in the middle of the race. Nevertheless, there's an expectation from God that we would handle these lives in trustworthy ways to give them fully back to the Lord. I believe that our lives are just made up of time. Maybe it's 15-minute increments. Maybe it's hours. Maybe it's days, however you kind of really break down time. But time, over the course of time, is your life. It's just the makeup of time and how we steward that hour, how I steward this morning, how I get after this evening, how I want to focus in and lock in on this day. And, and perhaps you're a big goal setter. Maybe you're not. You're like, I'm just going to crush it today. Whatever it is, whatever the intensity in which you bring to that day is going to determine destiny over the course of time. Or the lack of get after it and the laziness and lethargy, that will, lethargy, whatever, lethargy. Y'all say cement or cement? You say antenna or antana? I say antana. Anyway, lethargy also determines destiny, right? So the intensity in which we get after this thing, I believe that the Lord is looking to us and he's going to hold us accountable. We're going to give an account for our lives. What did you do with those 80 years that I gave you? What did you do with those 100 years that I gave you? We're going to have to give an account. In Psalm chapter 90, verse 12, it says, Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. What if I told you on this side of eternity, the stewardship of time is one of the greatest things that you will ever do? The greatest thing is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The second one is just like it. It's love your neighbor as yourself. That's the greatest. After that, what are you going to do with the life that he's given you? It's the greatest task that's been assigned to you. And for maybe for some of us, it's, God, I want to show you what I did with my life. 
I watched four hours of TV every day. Are you impressed? Jesus, I know you went to the cross. I know you redeemed it all. I know you get this plan, this purpose, this passion for my life. I know you've marked out this thing and you want me to meet people and impact them. I know you've got some skills and some talents that you want me to, to hone in on a craft and develop a skill. And, and I, want, I know you want me to do all this, to raise a family and to pour my guts into them. But let me tell you what I really did. Did you ever hear of this thing called Netflix? Oh my gosh. Let me tell you what was really cool. We're going to give an account. We just are. We just are. We're going to give an account for what did we do as stewards of the time given to us. And this morning, my attempt is to provoke us to an urgency that the sun will set. The shots won't keep going up. The championships won't keep going on in your mind. It will end. Things will shift and transition. So we've got to get to it while the getting is good. I want to ask the question, and just for you to, to kind of wrestle with this question, what are the most important things in my life that I need to up my stewardship? Maybe those things are relationships. Maybe it's, it's the talents that God has given you. Maybe it's just time management. You're just like, man, I just don't know what happened to my day. Man, geez, there was another week just gone. I had no clue. There it went, Right? Sometimes we have these, these phrases, I, I just don't have enough time. I just ran out of time. And to say I don't have enough time is to think like God doesn't know how the sun should move around the stars and, and how the planet should, right? It's like God should have given us eight days. He should have given us 26 hours in a day. Like God missed it. Can I just encourage you with this? Whatever God has called you to, he's given you enough time to do it. He didn't call you to something and not allow enough time in your life. We just haven't stewarded the time that he's given us. Or perhaps we're doing a whole bunch of things that he hasn't called us to do. Maybe our lives are just full of extras and the fluffs of life and we, and we invest. And it really is an investment because we have this amazing resource and it's gone. But we invest it in things that do not matter. And then the things that we really want to get after, ah, I just don't have time. And those phrases of I don't have enough time really just focuses back to me that I just didn't steward the time well that was placed before me. I can usually tell the production of my day based upon how I start my mornings. Maybe for some of you, your mornings start early. I know for, you know, Musclemans, they say they, they're up at 4 o'clock in the morning, you know, and they're driving to uh, jobs and, you know, maybe it, uh, there's different, got, you get after it early. For me, getting after it early is if I can get up at, at 6, and usually I see my wife that's doing this, and she's got her Bible open, and she's got uh, maybe a, a, I don't know, a women's study uh, workbook that she's going through. But here's something that I do. If I can get up, and I can not have any other hustle and bustle around the house, and, and whenever it's nice and quiet around the house... I can feel my soul begin to just kind of awaken, re-energize, start to, start to get after it, get focused, want to connect with Jesus, have some, have some quiet time, maybe have some music going to start focusing my day. And something that is helpful is coffee. Can I show you a little bit of my morning routine here? I've got this up here. So the first thing, the first thing that I do is I walk in and I say, Alexa, play Lumineers. 
Alexa, play Lumineers. It'll come sometime. And then what I have is I have this electric kettle that I plug in and I pour my water into my electric kettle. This thing's gonna heat up. It's gonna heat up to 205 degrees. Not 204, not 206, 205 degrees. It's gonna be perfect. And then, and then what I do is I, is, I get this, is I get this box, right? And inside this box, there is, there is coffee inside this box and, and it's, and it's Stumptown coffee that's been shipped from Portland, Oregon, right? And so I get this coffee out and I begin to, to open this coffee and I open it up here. And I just smell it. And it's the whole bean, right? I got the whole bean here. And this is Ethiopian. And one of my favorite coffees is Ethiopian Artie. And it's got like some cranberry and some oranges. And this one's got a little bit of chocolates that are in it. Mm. And so then what I do with my coffee, and why I wrap it back up and put it into the box, is because it makes my morning just a little bit slower. So then, I grab this scale, and I have this scale right here, and this is my, this is my Hario um, um, weight scale, and I want to I wanna measure out um, about 14 to 15, um, I'm going to turn it on right here, 14 to 15 grams of coffee beans, and it's going to reset, and so then I pour out my beans, and I have them inside this coffee grinder. So I put my beans inside here, and then I begin, I begin to grind. And as I'm grinding, guess what? Sometimes if I want them really fine grains, I actually, my heart rate gets up. And maybe even a little sweat on my brow. And, and, and if I'm grinding a lot, maybe like two cups, because this is just a one cup pour, I'll even feel it in my tricep. <laughs> and then, and then guess what? After I have, after I have the exact amount of, of coffee and I grab, my, I grab my filter, I then place it inside my coffee drip. So then this comes and my coffee goes here. And underneath there's three little, little coffee drips. And here's my receiver. Is this crazy? <laughs> and then here's my receiver. And so it comes in here, and you know what? I, I watch it, <laughs> as, it begins to, as it begins to drip down. And then, and then, I look around the house to see if anyone's there, and they never are. <laughs> and no one's invited to this moment. And then, what I do is, I then grab my my coffee cup, and so I'll put this back on top, and then I'll begin to pour. And this Yeti has a lid that can come off, but I always keep it on. <laughs> and I pour it because there's only a little hole here for the mouth, and it makes my morning that much slower. And it's just, oh, just soaking it in, 
Yep. It's going to take a minute to do this whole process. And so maybe for some of you, you swing by McDonald's and boom, it's done. Maybe for some of you, you just walk in, push a button, and then go get ready, and the coffee's sitting there. i got to work for this cup of coffee in order to make this thing happen. And this is my morning routine, and I love it, and I, I enjoy it, and I can, I can pretty much set if I get up and I start getting focused on, on my time. It's different than if I get up late and I'm hustling and get your bag and you didn't charge your computer and you got a spelling test. We got to go over the words and, hey, here's some Cheerios. Throw those in your belly and, you know, grab your coats and you're out of here. Go. Okay. All right. Now I got to go. Where am I heading today? I don't have a clue. Okay. And we got to get it in your, and you're hustled and you're rushed. And I'll tell you, a rushed life is not the best life. It's just not. And to have maybe a system like this, and this is just helpful for me and to sit down with a book to get into the scriptures, something that is helpful for my, for my life. And then as I'm walking out, then I usually say, Alexa, stop. Good job. All right, Alexa's all done. And I'll tell you that why this happens and why it's fruitful in my life is you're going to look back over the next 12 months and say, what were some new disciplines that I put in? that really helped me start my day, that really helped me get after the intentionality of it. Or you're just like, okay, sirrah, sirrah, whatever happens is just going to happen. And I'll tell you, that as a steward is not somebody that I'm going to entrust. I'm not, have you ever entrusted somebody with your car and then you get it back and it's dinged? How many more times do you want to keep entrusting that person? You just, you just don't. You know, you just, don't, you just don't want to trust that person. I mean, nothing parties like a rental, right? And so, hey, this ain't mine. We're just going to go uh, just go have a good time. And to get it back, and I'll tell you, there's, there's this God in heaven that is entrusting. And he's looking, who's taking care of what I've been given? Because to those who have been given little that they're faithful with, they'll be given much. There's a reward system tied into our stewardship and how we handle what he's given us, namely our time, because it is the one commodity you cannot buy with money. You can lose all of your money and you can make all of it back, but if you lose all of your time, it's not coming back. It's the one commodity you cannot buy. So there should be some urgency in how we handle and steward this thing called time. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15, it says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of your time. Because the days are evil, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Time is running out, and he says we ought to live as wise men and women because evil is easy to slip in there. Anybody ever heard, maybe from your parents or grandparents, idle hands are the devil's playground? And many times whenever I realize whenever I'm not busy and I'm not after it or I'm not focused or I'm not hustling on something, that is the time where the enemy can sneak in. And it's just death by distraction. I'm just distracted. I'm just focused on the lesser. I'm focused on maybe sinful things. My, maybe my gaze is pulled from the purpose and the passion that God has set upon. And it's, and it, and it's just the, the pride of life, maybe the lusts of the flesh. Maybe it's the frustrations of people. Or maybe it's just I just want to check out and be lazy. Whatever those things are. 
In 2 Samuel chapter 11, we see this passage of scripture about King David. And what happened to King David was, it says that there was the time, it was the springtime, the time when all the kings would go out to war. So they called each other, the athletic directors called each other, hey, you guys want to play Friday night at 7? Yeah, we'll play you. Um, And so they set up a time. They did. There were certain times of the year that they would go and fight each other. And so it says that they were fighting against the um, Ammonites and the Amalekites and these different people that they were fighting. But it says that even though that this is the time when the kings go off to war, it says that David stayed back and he sent his men to go without him. And this is where the kingdom began to spiral. David had a purpose. David had a calling. There was something that God called David to do, lead Israel. And David said, I'm going to sit this one out. They go off to war. They're crushing it. He raised up amazing leaders, and they handled it. But David stays back, and David's hanging out on the rooftop of the palace one night. And on the rooftop of the palace, I don't know about you, but usually the king has the best house in town, the tallest house in town. And he's checking out all the other houses in town where all the women and the children would bathe. They would collect the rainwater on top of the house, and they would bathe there. David's not an idiot. David's the only guy in town. All the other ones are out fighting. All the other ones are doing what they're supposed to be doing. But David's idle hands had to find something to do. And so he's checking out the scene. And he says, I like that one. Go get her and bring her to me, Bathsheba. From that point on, David's life became really hard. I just want to encourage us that whenever we are not maxing out time and we don't tell if you don't tell your time where to go it'll find something to do it will find a place to go and we've got to tell our time where to go you will go do this you will utilize this time you've got to be in control self self governance of our time otherwise it's death because we're distracted by other things and David got eaten alive because he couldn't handle his free time. In Genesis chapter 49, verse 27, Jacob is at the end of his life, and he's pulled all the sons together, and he begins to prophesy over him. And he says this about Benjamin. He says, Benjamin is a ravenous wolf. In the morning, he devours the prey. In the evening, he divides the plunder. This is a ravenous wolf. This is somebody who's licking his chops. He is salivating. I just like growling. But he's got this growl about his spirit. But there's a time. There's a time. It says in the morning, in the morning time, at the beginning, in the early parts of his life is the time to go kill, right? And if you don't kill, you don't eat. And he had to go kill. It was the time of his life. And maybe for, for some of you, that was your, your early 20s and 30s. I believe it extends up through your 70s and 80s. There's a time to go and hunt and to, and, to, and to make it happen. It says, but in the evening, in the late part of his life, he divides the spoils. And if we don't devour in the morning, there'll be nothing to divide in the evening. We've got to go when when it's time to go. It's time to go. The sun is setting on the basketball court. It is time to win some championships because the day is coming when that will conclude. So the energy that needs to be brought 
to that. Colossians chapter 1 verse 10 says, so as to walk in a manner that's worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. I don't know about you, but I want to walk in a way that God says, man, this is a worthy. He is, he is handling this time well, and it's fully pleasing to him. I want him to look at my life with so much pleasure, say, man, this is my son. I take, I take delight in this. I love being engaged in this moment, right? Anybody familiar with the name Alexander uh, Hamilton? Alexander Hamilton. They made a play about him in the last few years. It's blown up, but the, but the play Hamilton. He was born in 1755, and he, uh, he was born out of wedlock and, he, and immediately became an orphan. And a rich merchant adopted him and sent him to the best schools in New York. As he began to ascend and climb, and he climbed quickly, he entered into America's army, armed forces. And in 1776, whenever the foundations of America happened, he joined the militia in 1777. From that point, he began to skyrocket as a, as a lawyer, as a politician, um, as an economist, and eventually he became the very first United States Secretary uh, of Treasure, serving underneath our very first president, George Washington. And they asked him, how did you come from nothing and be able to accomplish something so amazing? And one of the, the songs that is in this play, it's called Nonstop. This is what the people said about Alexander Hamilton. The lyrics go like this. Alexander Hamilton began to climb. How to account for his rise to the top? Man, the man is nonstop. Why do you write like you're running out of time? Write, why do you write like you're running out of time? Write day and night like you're running out of time. Every day you fight like you're running out of time. Every day you fight like you're running out of time. Keep on fighting in the meantime, nonstop, like you're running out of time. I wonder what the people around you would say about your life. Is this guy living like he's running out of time? Is he living like there's no tomorrow? because all he has is today. In the meantime, he is fighting that fight. He's writing like he's running out of time, and there is no tomorrow I have today to get after. In James chapter 4, verse 14, one of my favorite passages of Scripture says, who are you to even talk about tomorrow? All you've been given is today. Life is a vapor, just like this cup of coffee, that little steam that comes up, and it's gone. That's your life. That is your life right there. This morning as we close here, what are those things, man? I need to trade for better. I need to trade some, some play for some purpose. Maybe I need to play, trade some, some wasted time for some working time. I need to to trade, and, and if I can start day trading my time for things that in eternity are going to matter, the eternal purposes of God, how could I really funnel and focus the time that I have 
left. Alyssa and I, there's, there's a few couples in our life that we love to watch. And part of it is just watching because they're so entertaining. But so much of it is provoking us to like a godly jealousy. I'm provoked like, oh, I want that. I want to live like that. I want to I have the adventure like that. And they live not fearing death, fearing that they never truly lived. And, and what's the driver? What's the motivator? Is it just safety and security and just getting through? Or is it I'm going to max out this life that I've been given and I'm going to all in, right? Like I'm running out of time. I got to get it today. An urgency that begins to hit our spirits. Bob Goff, he wrote this book, Love Does. And in this book, he, he has this quote here. He says, I used to be afraid of failing at something that really mattered to me. But now, I'm more afraid at succeeding at things that don't matter. Let's not be awesome at things that don't matter. Let's get really good at what does matter and focus our lives on that. Would you all stand with me this morning as we close? Jesus, I just plead on behalf of our church family, Lord, that we would have an urgency that would grip our spirits. Father, I pray that we would be those that, that just don't sit back in the luxuries of being an American. But God, we've got some drive for a kingdom purpose and passion, not just to, just to sit and be consumers, but Lord, to go and to be producers, and to create, and to change, and to impact the world around us. Lord, I pray that that inspiration would hit our spirits, that a new discipline would take over, that we would trade those things that just don't matter for things that really do. Lord, I pray that, that the stewardship and the seriousness of stewarding well the time that you've given us, I pray that the, that the value of that would just grow and increase, and this would be a church. This would be a family that would make serious impact in our, in our world today, in our community, in our school, and everything around us, Lord. Let our lives matter. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're so glad that you were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or your preferred podcasting app. Be sure to rate us so other people can know about the podcast.